Hi. My name is Hector Mirai, and I'm a geek. I'd like to share that with you. Uh, now, I know that um, you guys have been doing superheroes all summer, and how many of you have been to more than one week so far? This won't be like the other weeks, so it's okay, because I'm pretty sure I'm at least going to do something different. So um, tonight, we are talking about The Incredible Hulk. We're going to start out with The Incredible Hulk. Obviously, we're not going to just talk about The Incredible Hulk. But we are talking about The Incredible Hulk, and if you finish this sentence, Hulk, good job. I'm raising my thumb up, but you can't see it because it's in a Hulk glove. Um, the Hulk smash, it's a phrase that we're, we're familiar with. Um, give you a little backstory on The Incredible Hulk, and here's a little deal with you. I brought a bucket of random prizes and stuff. I know you're not in elementary school, and that's okay. You don't have to get little candy to do right things. But if you do something awesome, I'm going to give you cool things. Um, I've got, I brought cool things, so I want to share them with you. So if I ask you a little detail about what I'm about to tell you about random things that don't matter, and you can give me that answer plus an answer about the Bible, which actually does matter, I'm going to hook you up later. So I'll randomly pop out and give you prizes. So just be aware. This stuff you might want to remember. Um, Incredible Hulk uh, started out. Anybody know the Incredible Hulk's name, like outside of that? All right, dude, right there. I'm pointing at you. Yeah. Bruce Banner, thank you. Bruce Banner was a scientist in the original comic book stories. took place in the 60s. Bruce Banner was a scientist. He was working on something called gamma radiation, and it was supposed to be this big development. And a little dude named Rick Jones, and it's all Rick's fault. If you ever want to blame it on somebody, it's Rick Jones's fault. But Rick Jones, you know, it's just like every other time you're trying to do something important, Rick Jones was this little kid who wandered into the experiment He's like, gee, what's this? And he's about to die and because he walked into the wrong place at the wrong time. So Bruce Banner throws himself into the room, pushes Rick Jones out of the way so Rick Jones doesn't get killed, and Bruce Banner gets blasted with gamma radiation. I'm doing quotation marks. He gets blasted with gamma radiation. And when he gets blasted with gamma radiation, he becomes the Hulk. Now, the basic premise is that every time he loses his temper, Bruce Banner emerges into this giant hulking monstrosity. And the thing about the Hulk is he only gets stronger the the more angry he gets. And so the more angry he gets, the stronger he gets. And the thing about Hulk is he means well. Uh, Bruce Banner himself doesn't necessarily want to hurt or cause destruction or do these things. But this Hulk, this monster is inside of him. Now... At different times throughout comic book storylines and history and movie and all these things, you got to think about it. This is a character that's almost mm, 60-plus years old. So this story has been told hundreds of different times in different ways. And so the character of the Hulk is something that's resonated over and over again. And the Hulk has done a lot of damage. He's destroyed whole cities. He's uh, fought for good, he's fought for evil, he's been the good guy, he's been the bad guy. But the one constant that remains is this monster inside of him keeps coming out and keeps causing destruction. It isolated him because um, the Hulk pretty much isn't necessarily your standard good guy. You know, he doesn't plan to do good things, he just erupts and destroys stuff. And sometimes he destroys the wrong things. Let me just ask you this. Have you ever really wanted to do something good and then somebody 
just pushed you too far and you lost your temper, or you lost your cool, or you fell into temptation, and you ended up doing something you never wanted to do and hurt yourself, hurt somebody else. Um, when we do that, more, more often than not, it's not because we want to inflict damage or we want to hurt people. It's because we feel like we try to do the right thing, and no matter how hard we try to do the right thing, it never happens. Bruce Banner, the Hulk, has been isolated several times over the story of his career. At one point he was in the comics back in the day, he was in the Avengers. And then he got kicked out of the Avengers for being too dangerous. Um, it's pretty bad when the mightiest heroes on Earth have to kick you out because you're too dangerous. But he got kicked out because he was too dangerous. He was isolated. Um, he had a woman that he loved named Betty Ross. Betty Ross couldn't be in a relationship with him. And in fact, his anger, his Hulk personality actually cost her her life. Somebody he loved, he cost that cost her. Not directly, it's not like he smashed her, but his actions led to her death. It separated him from the people that he loved the most. It separated him from the people that he would fit most in line with, like the Avengers or other superheroes. He keeps getting isolated. He keeps getting put aside. This is how bad the isolation got. Um, around 2007, let's say that, um, there was a storyline called Planet Hulk. And in Planet Hulk, the other superheroes thought Hulk was so dangerous that they knocked him out, put him on a rocket, and sent him to another planet with no life on it. And he was going to live out the rest of his life alone on another planet. The rocket messed up, and he ended up on another planet where lots and lots of people were, and he fought, became king of the whole planet, got married, had a baby. Yay! <laughs> Yay. And then, because of his hopeness, the spaceship blew up, his wife died, and he was alone again. Just can't win. <laughs> the kid, you really want to know? The kid um, lived through the whole process and came back to Earth to kill him. So, no matter what happens to the Hulk, no matter what happens, this guy just keeps getting more and more isolated. He keeps getting separated from everything else in the world around him because of this monstrosity inside of him. And guess what, guys? That's just like you and me. That's just like you and me. Because every single one of us have this sin inside of us. Now, when we think of sin, depending on uh, what age you are and what your life consists of, sometimes when you think of sin, you've got that, um, you know, little kid mentality of sin, like, I took an extra piece of candy out of Sunday school. Um, and that's the top of your sin list. The older you get, your sins get a little more graphic and a little more um, rebellious against God and a little more hurtful. But bottom line, sin is anything that disappoints God. And if you'll turn with me, Romans 3.23. Um, I was going to put all the scripture up here on the screen. But you know what? I'd rather you actually use your Bibles because it's camp. Use your Bibles. Um, you're actually away from technology, so look up a Bible verse. Romans 3.23. Sounds like a small hurricane of Bibles flapping. 
Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has a sin and has not just a sin. Every one of us has the, the entity, the broken sinful nature that has spread throughout all of humanity. All of us have sin inside of us. All of us have sin inside of us. Raise your hand if you've never sinned. Okay, cool. If you'd raised your hand, you were a liar, and that would have taken care of that. Um, but all of us have sinned. Can you imagine this? Imagine a world where every single person had the Hulk inside them. That every time you got angry or somebody frustrated you or hurt your feelings, you turned into a monster and destroyed everything. I would not be, want to be on the girl's side of camp. <laughs> Just saying. Um, I, I, listen, I can say that on a, on a generally non-biased level. I have three daughters. I have a wife, and even my dog is a girl. So I'm, you know, yeah, I get that. But you know what? Our feelings get hurt. Sometimes they get hurt over little things, and we lose our cool. But not just anger. Sin isn't just something we accidentally do every now and again. Sin is in us. Sin is in us. It's in every moment of us. And I'll give you a challenge. If you want to look this up, I'm not going to tell you the verse. I want you to find it. Not now, later. In Psalms, David even says that he was sinful at birth. Later, find me tonight, tomorrow. Tell me where that verse is. David even says he was sinful at birth. Guys, I have a five-week-old little baby. Her name is Carmen Song. All she does is sleep, eat, and use the bathroom. And in a diaper. Um, Carmen doesn't do anything. She's never disobeyed me. She's never said a hurtful word to me. She's never lied. Now, I've got a five- and a three-year-old, and they've done all that stuff. But Carmen has never done anything to me. But you know what? When she took her first breath, she already had sin in her. It's not like a moment where you come of age and decide to start sinning. We're born with this. We're born with this inside of us. And it's sad. It's so sad. If you want to turn with me over to Romans 6.23. You know, it should just be, it's a page over in my Bible. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. We'll just stop right there and we'll continue the other part in a second. The wages of sin is death. For you guys that say, what's that? The wages is what you earn. Okay? If your counselors that are here this week sacrificing their summer are earning a wage by being here. It's probably not an awesome wage. I don't know. Um, no. It's not an awesome wage. I've been a counselor for several years. I know what counselors earn. And their wage... It's a little bit, but you know what? Nobody is here because of a paycheck. Nobody. Everybody that's here is here because they love you, but they earn a wage. Um, if you go to McDonald's, what you're going to earn is minimum, minimum wage. And what you earn, the Bible says, what we earn from sin is death. I know that's, geez, why do you got to bum the whole camp out so soon? Um, Sorry, it happens. Um, what you earn 
from the sin that's in you is death. My little Carmen hasn't done anything, but she's already earned death because of the sin that's already in here. Does that sound fair? No, but our God, check this out, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We earn death just from the sin that's in us when we are born. But God isn't satisfied with that. But you know what? That sin that's in us, not only does it come up and ruin our lives, because you know what? I've lost friends because of sin in my life. I've lost dating relationships. There were, you know, with people that I was in a relationship when I was in my 20s, people that I thought were going to be long-term in my life, I lost because of sin. I've lost friends. I've lost ministry positions. I've lost opportunities. I've disappointed God. I've hurt my wife. I've hurt my children. I've done so many things that I never intended to, but they happen because of this sin that's in my heart. And you know what? One of the things that made me sad is I got saved when I was 13. I, I came to Christ when I was 13. So most of the sinning that took place in my teenage years, I already knew what Jesus had done for me. And I still fought like I could stop that sin on my own. And I disappointed Jesus. One of the most hurtful things for me is I know I let Jesus down time and again because of that sin that's in me. We're going to flip to the Old Testament kind of a little about halfway, maybe 3%, 30%, who knows. Isaiah 59 It's after Psalms, before Matthew. Ta-da. Um, that's a cheap way of acting like I know where it is in the Bible. Um, Isaiah 59. Have you ever felt like you're trying so hard to get close to Jesus and it's just not working? Have you ever felt like, I'm trying to live for God, but I keep failing? I'm trying to live right, but I keep making the same mistakes over and over. Have you ever felt that way? Isaiah 59 points out what we have already established, that we're separated by sin. Isaiah 59 verse 1 says, Indeed, the Lord's hand is not too short to save, and his ear is not too deaf to hear. Listen, when we cry out to God, God can reach down and save us. God he can hear us. But look at what this next verse says. And this next verse breaks my heart. But your iniquities, your sins, have built barriers between you and your God. Your sins have made him hide his face from you so that he does not listen. You hear that? The sin that's in our heart, the sin that's in our life, literally puts a wall between us and God. That he doesn't interact with us the way that we would want him to. That he doesn't rescue us the way that we would ask. That when we pray, sometimes our prayers aren't even getting there. Because of the sin in our hearts. Anybody happy with that? That's just discouraging. It's like, it's like, all right, it's time to go. Let's everybody get back to the cabin and mope for a little while. Man, I hate sin. Um... 
Something we're going to point out, we're going to talk about a lot more tomorrow, is that we cannot fix it on our own. We cannot save ourselves on our own. Bruce Banner tried everything possible to get rid of the Hulk. He tried science. He tried magic. He tried spiritual things like prayer. He tried enlisting the help of other superheroes. I mean, if you think of the people this dude has interaction with, he got Professor X from the X-Men who can do mind control and stuff to try and close out the Hulk in his brain. Didn't work. It's a guy named Doctor Strange. He's a magician, quote-unquote. And um, Doctor Strange tried to use magic to calm it down. Didn't work. Everything else, everything he tried, and um, even in the, if you saw the Avengers, um, in the Avengers he even said that he tried to kill himself, and it didn't work. He said that the big, big green guy stopped it. Spit, spit it right back out. He tried to shoot himself. He said, I shot myself, and the green guy spit it out. You cannot get rid of sin on your own. You are not strong enough to get rid of it on your own. Now, here's the difference. Let me make sure you understand this. That doesn't mean, I can't get rid of sin. Let's just keep doing it. No. Don't do that. That's the wrong attitude. Um, And let me make sure you understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about choosing the sin versus the sin that's in you okay if you choose to sin guess what you chose to sin that's not a struggle if it's something you choose you know if there's something that happens because it's in you and you're fighting it and you try and stop and it doesn't work that's that sin nature but you know what Most of the times we sin most of the times we hurt God most of the times we hurt ourselves It's not that nature we're struggling against. You know what it is? Us choosing to do it. Let's be honest. How many of you can remember the last time that you honestly chose to do something that was a sin? Can you remember the last time you chose to do something that you knew went against God? I can remember the last time. And I'm not going to tell you how recent it was, but it was pretty... It was recent. It was not that far ago. When we choose to sin, we give in to the beast. We give in to the monster that's already inside of us. You know, there's that moment, if you've never seen the movie, I'm so sorry for spoiling it. Um, There's this moment at the Avengers where um, they tell uh, Bruce Banner, you better go ahead and get angry. And he replies back, I'm always angry. And just like that, he turns himself into the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool part. Then he, like, smashed that thing. It was great. Um, Anyway, he turned himself into the Hulk. He chose to bring out that monster inside of himself. But you know what? If we choose to bring out that monster inside of ourselves, that's different than that sin that we struggle with. Go with me to Romans chapter 7. There's one thing uh, you're going to need to realize. I may talk a lot about superheroes, but we're going to go to a lot of scriptures. So you better like, when you get back to your cabin, you need to do like thumb push-ups so you can flip through your Bibles easier. Because we're going to be burning through these this week. 
Romans 7, verse 15. We'll start there. The Apostle Paul, he struggled. He put this image you know, when I think of the Apostle Paul and the scripture that we're about to read, I literally, that picture right there is what I see. The one on the right, I see this is what Paul is saying right here. That's just because when I, I've read so many comic books and so much Bible that they mix over. And um, that that's how I see my images sometimes. But Bruce Banner with that frustration that he's got right here. But listen to what Paul says in verse 15, Romans verse 7, or chapter 7 verse 15. For I do not understand what I am doing. Because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. Sound familiar? I I don't want to do this, but I end up doing it and I hate it. And if I do what I do not want to do, but I agree with the law that is good, so now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is the sin living in me. Paul says it's not that I'm even the one choosing to do it. He said there's this sin, this creature, there's destruction inside me that's causing it to happen. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good within me, but there is no ability to do it. That's scary. The, the desire to do what's right is in me, but there is no ability to do it. No matter how many times he's wanted to get rid of the Hulk, he's never been able to do it effectively. He had like a couple spurts where he got it out for a second or something. But we have this sin in us that no matter how much we'd like to just say, Jesus, go ahead and take all the sin out of me. It doesn't work that way. And if we try and just... Live our lives without ever sinning. You're not going to make it very far. We don't have the ability on our own to do good. So I discover this principle. When I want to do what is good, evil is with me. For in my inner self, I joyfully agree with God's law. But I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, taking me prisoner to the law of sin, to the parts of my body. Paul says, look, I know what God's word says, and that's what I want to do. But every time I try and do it, this sin overtakes me. What a wretched man am I. Who will rescue me from this dying body? And then check it out. Paul goes to the truth of it. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh, the slave to the law of sin. Jesus, Paul says, I know I can't do it on my own. I know that I cannot do good on my own. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. As I pointed out a minute ago, Hulk tried, and there's so many different stories where Hulk tried to get rid of this monster within him. He tried so hard for so many different times because of how much hurt and destruction it has caused. He just kept trying. 
He got all these people to help him and no one could ever help him. He couldn't help himself. But we have a God and a Savior more powerful than any fictional character. We have a God and a Savior more powerful than the Hulk. The the picture that the Hulk paints of the struggle is so close to that struggle that Paul talks about. But we have something better. We have the truth that Jesus Christ is able to help us. Jesus Christ is able to save us. To save us, not just... And, you know, I know that when we talk a lot about Jesus, and depending on how your church is and everything, that one of the main things they'll say Jesus saves us from is hell. We'll say, Jesus saves you from hell. And that, guess what? Jesus doesn't just save you from hell. Jesus saves you from the sin that's within you. Jesus saves you from going through life with no joy. Jesus saves you from going through life without the ability to get close to God. Jesus saves us not just for eternity, but Jesus saves us to walk with him right now, to calm that beast that's within us. One more set of scripture I want to go to. Ephesians 2. Turn with me there. Ephesians chapter 2. Let me ask before I read this verse. We already said that the wages of sin is. And that sin that's within us, it brings death into our lives. Ephesians 2, 1 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises his authority over the lower heavens, the spirit now working in the disobedience. It's that spirit, that thing that's controlling us, that sin in us. We, too, all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the incarnations of the flesh and the thoughts. We were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. You ever thought about that? That you're a child of wrath, a child of destruction. Does that sound great? You're like, who are you? I'm a child of wrath. I break stuff. You know, I like to destroy things. That's... That's not something that we're like, yay, um, nobody wants to be around me because I ruined everything. But that's how sin manifests itself in our hearts. It makes us a creature of destruction. My oldest daughter has this habit of just running everywhere, no matter where we're at, no matter what the situation. And I can hear her coming down the hallway, thump, 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 crash, bang, and a million things fall over. Um, And she'll come in looking battered and bruised with scars and lumps and welts. She's only five and she's so pretty, but she already looks like she's been like in a fight with the Hulk because she just keeps running into things because she destroys everything. She like she's broken so much stuff in my office and in our house because she just 
barrels through everything. And it's gotten to the point where if I know my daughters are coming anywhere near my office, you know, I push everything towards the center of my desk and I put all my breakable stuff away because I know it's going to happen when she gets around there. With sin in our lives, we are people who destroy that. We destroy everything good around us if we don't have Jesus Christ to make a difference in us. But here's the beautiful thing. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah. Even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. We have this monstrosity in us. We have this sin that's in us. From birth to death, we have this thing in us that we can't control, that we can't fight, and that we're not good enough to take care of on our own. But Jesus offers us redemption. Jesus offers us forgiveness. Jesus offers to literally take that sin that's in us that causes so much damage and destruction that it separates us from a loving God he offers to apply his grace to it and just calm it down. There, I don't remember the character's name, but there was a character in the comics It was a woman that had some power that literally just brought peace. And literally the Hulk's destroying stuff. She just walked up, touched him. He's like, oh, thanks. He didn't turn back to normal. He stayed big and huge, but he was peaceful. Now that didn't last, and they ended up turning it around and making it in some way to twist him evil and all this stuff. It was a horrible thing. Like I said, everything happens bad to him. Nothing good ever stays there. But Jesus Christ offers us true peace. He offers to bring grace to that monster inside of us. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, look at this. Why does God want to rescue us? Not because we're good enough, but because of His great love. Jesus wants to save us, not because we're awesome. Y'all are awesome, though, don't worry. Um, He doesn't save us because of our own abilities or our own greatness, Ben, sit up. He doesn't save us because of our own grace or our own abilities or anything like that. He saves us because of His great love. Because are we strong enough to take care of it on our own? Can we stop it on our own? Don't just not do, do, do Can we stop sin on our own? No. Or is any one person strong enough to completely weed out sin on their own? At my pastor, when I was a kid, told, always told the story. And, you know, I thought about just changing the story right now and saying it was about me. But then I would have been lying and that would have been sin. It's, you know. Destructive cycle, it's always there. Um, My pastor had a guy with him in seminary who literally walked up to him and said, I've gone two months without sinning. And my pastor just looked at me and said, you just showed pride. There you go. It's over. No matter how often we think we can do good on our own, that sin is always in us. But look, together... With Christ Jesus, he also raised us up and seated us in the heavens so that in the coming ages we might display immeasurable riches of his grace 
through the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. One day, that sin that's in us, I love this phrase. He said that in the coming ages, he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through the kindness of us in Christ Jesus. One day, there's going to be us without that sin in us, without that monster in us. And you know what that's going to show? That's going to show how great Jesus Christ's love and mercy is. Because one day we're going to stand completely free of that sin. And we're going to stand before God. And we're going to be able to look at Jesus Christ. And we're going to say, this is possible because of your love for us. That's what we have to look forward to. And so I want to encourage you. Three things. Yes, we have sin nature in us. But one, don't choose the sin. Don't choose the sin. You've already got this nature in you that's doing enough damage on its own without you helping. So if you know there's sin in your life, don't choose the sin. John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Jesus says, you choosing to obey me is choosing to show me you love me. So don't choose the sin. Two, if you try not to sin and you fail, don't beat yourself up. Realize you've got this monster in you that you can't defeat on your own. Go to Jesus, ask him to forgive you, and get back up and try again. And three, remember, it is only through Christ we can ever defeat this anyway. So as we've been talking about this sin, we know that sin brings death. We know that sin separates us. We know that sin causes destruction and all these things we've talked about. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the only way that we can ever even touch that sin in our lives. The only way we can make any progress of getting rid of it. We're going to be talking about Jesus all week. We're going to be talking about this, but I'm going to go ahead and give you the, the opportunity. If you know you've got sin in your life and you've never asked Jesus to be the person in your life to deal with that sin, if you've been trying for so long to deal with it on your own and you've never said, Jesus, I can't do it, I need you to do it. Because I can tell you this, I have sinned more in my life than I ever thought I would. But I've never sinned more than Jesus could handle. Jesus offers me forgiveness at every turn. If you don't know Jesus and you would like to learn more about how you can know Jesus, or if you know that you have a relationship with Jesus, but you haven't actually allowed him to work in your hearts, you're welcome to remain behind after we leave. Your counselors will talk with you. But I want you to honestly, King David actually prayed and he said, examine my heart, show me if there is any sin in me. If you know that there is sin in you that causes problems, pray and ask God to show it to you so that you can deal with it. So you've got one less thing to provoke you and bring out that monster in you. But please realize, it's only through Jesus Christ that we're ever going to make it anywhere past this. If not, that's our future. If we don't ever accept Jesus Christ in our life, that sin is going to continue to bring destruction in our life the rest of our life.
But through the grace of God, we can have more. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to just have your word, to have your truth. God, we realize that we realize that even now, as your word says, that it might be hard for some of us to even come to you in prayer because the sin is just put this wall between us. So God, I pray for myself and I pray for everyone else in here that you would show us any sin that is in our hearts, that we can confess it to you, that we can ask forgiveness of it so that we can truly come to you with open hearts, that we can surrender this sin to you, that we can say, God, I can't do it on my own, but I know that through Jesus Christ I can that we can trust you, that you are stronger than the monster that's in us. God, help us to be a people that truly do trust you, that truly do love you, and that we can know that the God that loves us is greater than any sin in us. In Christ's name, amen.